All right, welcome to another uh, conversation with Genesis Church Podcast, and uh, today we're going to be talking about uh, dealing with your past, and before we get into that, uh, if this is your first time to listen to our podcast, um, uh, I would encourage you to just uh, go through the list. Um, if you're on Spotify, you can go, you can just scroll down and see what we've talked about. Uh, you know, we, the podcast sort of covers the globe of conversations. We uh, talk about things like how to study the Bible. We talk about theology. We talk about uh, emotional discipleship and uh, we talk about spiritual growth. We interview missionaries, international missionaries, church planners, and we even have a uh, co-star in a, the Mayberry Man movie, and uh, which was interesting to me. I enjoyed it. And so uh, uh, you can check all those out. Uh, and if you find any of them helpful or interesting, you know, be sure and share it with others. That's what they're there for. Okay, so today we are talking about uh, dealing with your past, and I have with me Kate Shaw, who is a friend of mine, and uh, hey, hey, Kate, <laughs> uh, for those who are just listening and not watching, uh, she just waved. Um, so um, she is, she's been with Genesis Church for about six years. I mean, she was there almost from day one, and um, uh, Kate, I think you came when, right after we moved into the Y, I think. Yeah, my first Sunday was the first Sunday at the Y. Oh, it was the first Sunday yep. at the Y. Okay. Yep. Uh, yeah, I knew it was early. I didn't realize it was that early. Okay. Yeah. And uh, and you've been with us ever since. And Kate, she is a part of the worship band. She also started a ministry called Uplift, which helps with uh, various needs here locally. And uh, before we get into dealing with past, why don't you talk a little bit about Uplift for those who that might be new to? Sure. Um, so Uplift Midmo is a, a nonprofit organization that uh, basically we form, it's kind of a grassroots type formation. It just kind of happened. It's definitely a God thing, but um, the goal is to kind of mobilize the church community to help people that are in need get a hand up. Um, not a handout. So we want to make sure that we help people to get the tools and um, the assistance that they need to be able to move forward and support themselves after we interact with them. So um, we have five church partners right now, and uh, we take referrals from our church partners. If somebody comes to them and asks for, for assistance with rent or, or needs their car fixed or things like that, um, we also take referrals from some community agencies like CMCA, the Help Center, Arthur Center. So um, we see a wide variety of people, but the best thing about it is that we're able to kind of get Christ injected into some of these uh, interactions with people. And a lot of these people have never really had those kind of conversations. So it's it's definitely rewarding and very fulfilling. And we get to see a lot of people that struggle with a lot of the things that we're talking about today. So if somebody wants to find out more about it, how do they, where do they go to get more information, contact you or, or whoever? Yeah, if you'd like more information on Uplift, uh, we have a website, upliftmidmo.org, or uh, you could check us out on Facebook or on Facebook. Uh, we have a program going on right now for heating uh, repair assistance. So if you find yourself with your heater going out in the middle of winter and you can't afford to get it fixed, um, we have some supplementation able to help folks in Audrain County with that. Uh, so yeah, check us out online. It's a good place to start. 
Well, for, as a pastor, from a pastor's perspective, I want to tell you and everybody listening, I am so thankful for this kind of ministry. And uh, we are one of the partners with you guys. And I tell you what, if it was all up to me, I would be dumping a boatload of money into Uplift. Uh, because, I mean, uh, it just takes care of a lot of stuff. You know what I'm saying? A lot of needs out there. And, and what you guys do is high maintenance, you know, and I mean, there's a lot of legwork behind helping uh, some of these folks. And um, it's true. Yeah. I mean, you know, the one thing I would say too, is that, I mean, even just this last Sunday at church, we had, um, I think three different people come in that uh, were either homeless or um, had interacted with us through uplift or had some sort of connection through uplift. And so I thought that was really, you know, it's really nice to see that those people look at our church partners as a safe place to be able to come and, uh, and connect and have that, you know, interaction with people that are in the church community. So there's a lot of benefits to it for both the church and for people in Audrain County. So I'm glad I can be a part of it for sure. You know, I knew somebody was there. I think you, I didn't realize there was three, three different mm-hmm. people, huh? That's cool. I like it. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So, all right, let's talk about dealing with uh, your past. And for those listening, I'm going to be referring to later on in Ephesians, to Ephesians chapter two, and it deals with the past, present, and future as a, as a follower of Jesus. Uh, so let's, so Kate, let's just start with um, the first question here. All right. So what are some things that people deal with regarding their past? You know, I, when I first, we were talking about talking about this topic, I, I think it's a really good topic to address for a lot of reasons. Um, personally, I have some experience with this, but also as we kind of talked about professionally, I've, I've interacted with people that struggle with a lot of these same things, but you know, I think, you know, this, and I want to make sure everybody else knows this, that, you know, what you see from me now is not what I used to be at all. I mean, if you would have known me 10, 12 years ago, you would not have recognized that we were the same person whatsoever. Maybe we looked similar. I was a little skinnier probably, but you know, really by all intents and purposes, I was not the same person at all. Um, so I want to go into this saying that and, and want to make sure that everybody that's listening understands that, you know, I have definitely experienced a lot of these, these feelings and and emotions that go along with having uh, some sort of a a past history of a sinful lifestyle, which we all do, but everybody has varying degrees of it. So, um, you know, some things that people deal with regarding their past, I think that non-believers and believers kind of deal with this differently, but they, they have a little bit different, um, issues regarding their past, I'll say. Um, but both are, are really equally uh, as problematic. So for a non-believer, which for me years ago, I, I struggled with so much just guilt and shame and feeling alone. And I think the biggest problem with that for non-believers is that, you know, they don't feel like they can come to Christ because they're not, you know, cleaned up or they're not ready to change or they do the biggest thing for me was I didn't look at the church and see anyone struggling with any of these things 
So when I looked at, you know, I was raised in church uh, from, you know, from the time I was born, I, I was adopted into a great family that took me to church every Sunday. But I'm telling you, the people that I saw in church were not struggling with, or that I could see, were not struggling with the things that I was struggling with. Now, were they? Absolutely. Did a lot of them probably have similar experiences to me? I guarantee you they had, but from what I saw and um, from what I, you know, was viewing from an outside looking in, I didn't, I didn't see that. I, I wasn't comfortable, you know, with that. And so it is very, you feel very alone. You know, you feel, you know, that you can't, that you're, that, you're, that you just are not like anyone else. So how could you possibly come to Christ? How could you possibly come to church? Because nobody there will understand. Nobody there has, has done what you've done, you know? So I, I totally get that. And that's, that was something that I dealt with. And a big reason why I was out of the church for so long, um, was because I just, I didn't want to be that person that was being hypocritical. You know, that was a big thing for me. Um, for believers, I think that there's an equally challenging struggle for dealing with your past. Uh, for believers, I think that not seeing other believers talk about their past sin struggles, um, it makes you feel like, again, alone. Uh, you can't, you can't open up about that because someone might, you know, judge you for, for what you've done, or someone might think that you're not a true believer because of some of the things that you've done, or maybe even still struggle with, you know, because quite frankly, all your sins don't just, you know, stop as soon as you believe in Christ. I mean, that's, we still have this body of flesh on right you know and and our flesh is going to continue to to do it what it does and that's you know be be fleshly and do things that are not in line with what god's word says you know so as a believer getting to that place is hard where you can just really let go of of that and understand uh what that means and we'll talk about that more you know as we move on into this but i think it it's equally challenging for both well, you know, okay, so when I was thinking about this question about, you know, what are some things people deal with regarding the past? Um, okay, I, I, my mind thinks in categories and lists and that kind of a thing. I know. <laughs> yeah, okay, <laughs> and so, uh, uh, and I want to separate two things, but they're really under the same category, but for me, I got to separate. All right, there's this category that we're going to, that I'm going to call sin, Okay. And it's the, it's the typical addiction kind of stuff, you know, and where people feel guilty about or the sins they did, you know, and, you know, they got drunk, they had sex, they, you know, uh, they were a bully, physically violent, they cheated, lied, stole, whatever, you know what I'm saying? And just, they were greedy, whatever sins, you know, just whatever sin you want to put in there. And so, um, and then somewhere along the way, uh, they start thinking about their life. God gets a hold of them and they start thinking, man, what am I doing? Why I need to get my life together. You know, they get married, have kids. God uses whatever to start making them think a little bit more grown up. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and they start getting convicted about the sins in their life. So, and it's usually that kind of stuff. Well, then there's this other category that, um, is the area uh, it's it their sins, but it's more like, false righteousness. Okay. There are some people who look back on their life and they realize, man, they were like Paul in the sense 
Uh, he was a Hebrew of the Hebrews, a Pharisee of the Pharisees, very religious, very legalistic, you know, and then they look back on that. And I think they feel guilty for being such a, putting a burden on themselves and a burden on other people, you, you, you know, out of this whole, I'm more righteous than you. And somewhere along the way, God gets, get them, <laughs> humbles them and they realize, oh, my word. You know what I'm saying? I'm yeah, not as no, good I as I thought yeah. I was, you know? So there, there's right. these two categories. So if you're listening, I, I want you to understand that sin shows up in a lot of different ways. And this dealing with our past can vary so greatly between common sins and this false righteousness sin, you know, that uh, people struggle with. And uh, so I don't know, you know, wherever you are as a listener out there, I mean, if you're hearing this, you know, I'm sure by now, as you were listening to Kate and listening to me, you, you've already know what you're feeling or were feeling guilty about condemned about what you're embarrassed about, hoping nobody finds out about kind of a thing regarding your past, but there's still this haunting thing, this black cloud that follows you around that causes for some reason the devil does a good job of this causes you to feel unworthy you know less valuable as a human um i had one person tell me that they felt like trash because of what they had done you know and so uh, i mean it, there's a lot of emotions that come with this so um i just want you to say that, that you know again I mean, if you look at the sins in the Bible, we all, we all got, okay. You know, and you know, you're bent toward whatever sin. I mean, you're not alone. I mean, Kate was talking about feeling very alone and you're not alone. You're there's other people out there. And that's why we're talking about it today. I, I don't want you to feel alone. And I want to tell you, um, you know, I can only speak for Genesis church and there are a lot of great churches out there, but at Genesis, you know, we got people who hide stuff very well and we got stuff, we got people who don't. <laughs> you know, and we're okay with that. You know, we're okay with people being authentic and real and genuine, and we want to help people grow spiritually. And part of that spiritual growth is dealing with your past. And, um, cause as you start growing, you become very much more aware of your, the sin in your life. I mean, it's just, that's how it works. Um, uh, are, yeah. Anything else you want to add to that regarding that question? Not, not really, but I mean, I, I think that, you know, when I go to a conference or if I listen to somebody speak, you know, my ears really perk up when I hear somebody that clearly has a really deep relationship with Jesus talk about their past with, with authenticity and whether it's, you know, sexual sin or whether it was addiction or whether it was, you know, being a workspace type you know, righteous thinking you're more righteous than others, whatever it is. I mean, hearing people, you know, come out and say, you know, with confidence, knowing that that's not who they are in, in Christ. I mean, there's just something about that and hearing believers talk about how God showed up and rescued them. That just, it, it just helps to relate to others. And, um, it just helps others to know that, you know, God will come to, to their depths to rescue them too. So I, I think that that as believers, it's really important that we are authentic about, about what we're struggling with, with each other. 
And, you know, I think, I think one thing, well, I tell you what, before I get into my comment, okay, let's look at the next, let's look at the next question. Uh, what are some signs a person is still letting their past affect them in a negative way? I think that leads right into this. And I think that not talking about it, um, pushing it down or trying to cover it up with other things, um, you know, you can't just rip out. 20 pages out of the book and not miss something. Okay. So your whole life has so many pieces to it, you know, and, and the Bible talks about this in Romans eight twenty eight that God causes all things to work together for good for those who love God and who are called according to his purpose. And, you know, if you're miss, if you're leaving big chunks of your life out, because you're not comfortable with, the feeling that you get when you think about those, then you could be, um, you know, creating this identity for yourself. That's not really you. And I've, I've been totally guilty of that myself. I mean, I continued to go to church for a long time and I wasn't, didn't have any business or, you know, saying I was a good Christian at all. I mean, because I just, I didn't, I didn't know who I was. I didn't, I didn't know who God thought I was. And, um, and I think that that can be damaging for people. So I think that just trying to cover it up is, is, is probably not good. Well, you know, uh, as I'm thinking through the question, um, and I'm thinking, and as I'm thinking through the question, I'm thinking about how, how did it affect me? You know, that's really what I'm thinking about. Mm-hmm. And when I look back on my past, I mean, and I've already mentioned some of this, I, if, if as a believer, Okay, I'm talking to believers at this point. If you think you are not worthy in any way, if you have this feeling of less of a believer somehow because of your past, well, you're, it, it, it's, still, it's still a ball and chain for you, okay? And because the Bible is very clear, there is no condemnation of those who are in Christ Jesus. You know, when you become a believer, the Bible talks about all things are made new, you're a new creation, you're forgiven. I mean, all that stuff. And, and there are a lot of believers who hear that and they, they know that in their head, but for whatever reason, that truth has not penetrated to their heart and affected who they are. And, and they've been discovering their identity now is in Christ. I mean, that's, that's, who I am, you know, and I still got, I still struggle with, with stuff. And, uh, but it took me a long time to deal with some baggage in my life and be honest with you, uh, the journey is never over because I do find that, you know, sometimes that stuff creeps back up, you know, and it's a daily battle. I think there's a reason why Jesus said, die to yourself daily, because that stuff just is relentless. And, uh, and then, then lo and behold, then you discover something new in your life that you don't like. And you think, oh my word, now I got to deal with that, you know? And, um, but I, I think every believer, part of, again, part of your spiritual growth is that you have to deal with the sins that you committed when you were young and foolish. All right. That's just the bottom line. Everybody has them. Everybody does them. Oh, you know what? Here's another thought. I think there's another thing. There's another, I want to add another category of my, <laughs> my little areas that areas that we struggle with so far, we've been talking about what we've done to ourselves. 
I think there's some believers out there who feel guilty for what somebody else did to them. Yeah. Okay. That could definitely be the case. You know, it was my fault. They hit me. Mm -hmm. It was my fault. They raped me. It was my fault that they hurt my children. It was my fault. You follow what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So, and they, they get this weird thing about this victim mentality and they're having to deal with feeling guilty and shame for what they couldn't stop yeah. or they let happen, you know? And, um, yeah, that's a, that's a really good point because, you know, I mean, I, I cannot imagine having something like that happen to you. I mean, I know just in my personal testimony, a lot of my identity crisis and guilt, you know, came from knowing that my biological mom had schizophrenia and that she had a lot of mental health issues. And as a child thinking that, you know, that was my fault because I was, you know, because I was caused that to happen or because I was taken away that that caused that to happen. So knowing how that made me feel, even though it wasn't my fault, same thing goes for anybody else that some outside factor, you know, can, can definitely cause you to question who you are was, you know, and, and that's not a good feeling. No, it's not, uh, you know, cause, um, you know, for me, the outside influence that I had to struggle with, was having an alcoholic father and, mm -hmm. you know, and I've always told people, I said, man, from my, from where I sat, uh, man, that guy dripped in oozes evil. I mean, he, he's, mm -hmm. he's dead now, but, uh, he was not a good person, you know? And, uh, you know, he was in and out of jail most of his life, you know, and it was just, just from alcohol, drugs and other stuff. And, um, you know, and he got involved in the cult, uh, and stuff. And it was just, it was just, you know, and, and even at 53, I still often wonder how that impacted me. You know what I'm saying? And what kind of baggage I'm still having to deal with that I haven't tapped into, you know what I'm saying? But I will yeah. say this, you know, um, because of God's grace, um, and because of, you know, other believers in my life and just staying in the word and praying and being honest with myself as much as I can be, um, you know, I am not struggling with things like I used to, uh, you know, cause in, in, in yeah. some cases, God does allow time and growth and maturity to heal a lot of wounds. And so if you're out there listening to this, uh, I'm just saying there's hope for you, but it's going to be found in Christ. And we're going to unpack that here in a minute, but um, you cannot do this on your own. This is not some kind of positive mindset where you just bury everything, you know, because this, that stuff has a tendency to resurrect itself, you know, it um, does. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. Um, you know, you know what, as I'm, you know, again, I, um, I'm just kind of thinking out loud here, you know, the Bible talks about dying to yourself. Well, there's an old self that we have to die to. I mean, we've got to just die to it. Um, and, but you gotta, but you gotta be able to recognize it and not be afraid of that old self in order to die to yeah. it. Yeah. You know? Well, we're not just putting our old self to bed either. Right. No, we're actually, uh -uh. it's dying. Right. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. <laughs> a lot of us just want to put it to bed for a while. Yeah. Or somehow we want to somehow block it out somewhere. Yeah. Block it out or, or, you know, or somehow keep it in the back room somewhere and we don't yep. tell anybody it's there. Yeah. It, hopefully it doesn't come out of the room, you know? Uh, yeah. all right. So, uh, anything else on that question? I don't think so. 
Okay, so all right, I'm going to read to you Ephesians chapter two. I'm uh, I'm just going to walk through it, and we're just going to make some comments. Because uh, as I was thinking about this, I said, "All right, God, what, what do you say about this?" You know, and there's tons of stuff dealing with uh, the past, but Ephesians two verses one through ten is really a good foundation to start with because it deals with your past, but it takes you to who you are in Christ. Okay, and that's that's the big difference. So, all right. Uh, now, Kate, if I'm reading something and it jumps out, just feel free to interrupt me, you know. So, um, all right. So, uh, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1 says this. Once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins. Now, he's talking to people who are now believers, okay? So, he's, the audience is a Christian audience, and he's trying to help them understand where they were and where they are. Once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins, you, you used to live in sin. Now, he's not saying that they're not sinning anymore. That's not what he's saying. He's not saying they somehow are perfect now. They don't struggle with temptation. That's not what he's saying. Right. But it was their lifestyle. I mean, they were they just full. Yeah, they were an addict. They were just, yeah. they, they embraced it. It, yep. it just, you know, lifestyle. you used to live in sin, just like the rest of the world. But now here's what's interesting. This is obeying the devil. Okay, now all mm -hmm. of a sudden he is now just took he's taking us right into spiritual warfare language. Okay. Obeying the devil, the commander of the powers in the unseen world. He is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. All of us, all of us, including himself, all of us used to live that way, following the passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful nature. By our very nature, we were subject to God's anger, just like everyone else. Okay, let's just stop there because that's all about the past. Um, when you're when you're talking about dealing with your past, you are talking about spiritual warfare. This is not some little emotional tweaking we're talking about in your life. The devil understands how powerful your past can be to keep you from understanding who you are today in Christ. And, and he's working on believers like crazy to keep them de feeling defeated, you know? Yeah. He loves to lie. <laughs> he loves it. He loves to lie. <laughs> oh. And he will lie. And I want to, to those again, out, out there in the, podcast world man i want to tell you uh the devil's lying to you right now in some way i mean I don't, I don't know what he's lying to you about he's either lying to you about your past about who you are in christ he's lying to you about your marriage your kids your parenting your your future your finances i mean your health i mean he's just lying to you uh, anything to keep you worried and defeated um um and so i, I, I i'm pointing all this out just so that I want you to understand that we we're all there. Okay. We all got baggage. Paul recognizes this and he's let, he's reminding them where they are. And by the way, uh, when you deal with your past, it's not about forgetting your past. That's not what Paul is talking about. He mm -hmm. is reminding them what they used to do. And I think it's important that as you move forward, you do need to look back and say, man, I have grown. I used to be like that. Uh, part of your, you didn't share this, but in part of your testimony that, uh, 
you shared with me earlier is that uh i hope i could say this you say it you know it all <laughs> i know it all man so uh you used to cuss like a sailor that's what that's what you said okay now, I did. okay now kate i want to tell you okay i didn't know you before god got a hold of your life and I didn't know you before the chickens cross the road, which we'll have to explain that later. That's part of her <laughs> testimony. But anyway, I didn't, I didn't know. And that's when everything began to change for you. Uh, I mean, I've known you as uh, someone who loves Jesus, who's growing, who's passionate about the Lord and other people who I've, I've, I've always known you as a godly lady. That's how, that's how I've known you. I've never known you as this cussing like a sailor. And I want to tell you, I can't, I can't even imagine you cussing oh. out anybody. I just can't, I can't Jeff, get you that. That, that was the least of it. I promise you that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, I wish I could say that was the worst of my, of my uh, poor choices that I, uh, that I made, but no, 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 that was, yeah. that was probably the least of it. <laughs> yeah. And, and the other stuff you mentioned, I can't see you doing that either, by the way. So, but yeah, uh, yeah it's, yeah. I mean, I, you know, I mean, obviously I'm, I'm, I'm comfortable telling you my pastor, these things and anyone else, anyone else as well, because I mean, like there has been, there have been so many nights that I, that I was laying on a bathroom floor, um, you know, almost completely blacked out, you know, from alcohol or smoking marijuana or whatever. And just, you know, just God never stopped trying to tell me, Hey, what are you doing? you know, come follow me, come, come, come follow me, you know? And so the fact that that, that that voice never stopped definitely convinces me that, you know, nobody is ever too far gone for Christ. You know, he's going to chase after you and there's nothing you can do to outrun it. You just can't, because I'm telling you that I fought hard, hard to avoid it. Believe me. Um, and it, I, you just can't outrun that. You just can't. Now, you know, uh, I think we all have the prodigal son moment where we're in some pig pen, whatever that looks like. And because the Bible talks about the prodigal son is, is while he was in the pig pen, the Bible says he came to his senses mm -hmm. and he decided to go back and I think we all have that moment or moments might be more than one uh, where something happens inside of us that causes us to go back to the heavenly father. Mm -hmm. And even as believers, I mean, you know, I've seen believers, you know, they get saved, they get on fire for a while, they're a sponge, man, they're soaking it all up. And then they, you know, fall off the path. I mean, not losing their salvation. That's not what I'm talking about. They just get caught back up in the world, you know, and then they come to their senses and they start getting, they get it all back together again, you know, and, yeah. um, uh, and that does happen. I mean, yeah. honestly, there you're, I don't know, I guess I kind of consider your relationship with Christ to be kind of similar to a, to a marriage relationship. I mean, you, you have periods of time where you kind of go, you know, apart for a little while, but then you come back together and, you know, you have to work at it. You have to, it's a relationship. You have to spend time with the Lord to, to really make that connection. And, and those little things, they can easily creep back in. I mean, it's, 
it's easy. I mean, I, I'm not saying I never say cuss words anymore. I'm just saying that right now. I mean, okay. But, but the less time I spend around God and in his word, you can believe that the more of that you're going to see out of me. So that's, it's just, it's the way it is. You have to keep plugged in. That's right. Well, stay in the word. Cause I, I don't want to see that part of you at all. <laughs> I don't think you're going to ever see it to that extreme, but <laughs> And why is it always sailors? I mean, because you know, Marines, I, Army guys, Air Force guys. Why actually that's that's true? My dad has talked about that with the Air Force. So I yeah, yeah I, I should yeah. come up with a better reference. Man, I mean, I, I've got family <laughs> and friends who are in the in the military, all branches, and I want to tell you, they cuss like a they cuss like a sailor. And, like a sailor? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I don't know how I don't know how the sailors got the reputation for being the best cussers. I, I don't know. So uh yeah. And you know, when you have, when you have kids that will also help a lot with the, um, with the, your language, you kind of gotta, you gotta yeah. kind of watch, <laughs> watch things. That'll, that'll be a good, that'll be a good way to train me up too. The, the children like to, <laughs> to help you with that. <laughs> okay. So, uh, I want to chase this rabbit for a moment. Um, when, uh, okay. I'm an only child. If, if, if people don't know that, uh, but, uh, uh, and that says a lot about me right there. I'm an only child. Mm -hmm. And so, um, what was I going to say? We are talking about, cause like a sailor. We're talking about a rabbit hole. You were going down. Rabbit hole. <laughs> um, I had totally lost that train of thought. Dog, that was a good one. Maybe it'll come back later. It'll come back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it'll come back. All right. Back. <laughs> and maybe God just helped me out. Said Jeff, I don't want to go down that rabbit hole. We're just yeah, gonna, just wanna, take that out. <laughs> yeah, just I'm going to let you forget <laughs> that. Um, okay, so uh, all right, um, I'm going to keep reading through this uh, Ephesians chapter two thing in the context of dealing with our past. So all right, so Paul's already told us, hey, you used to live this way. You had these sins. Okay, you know that's who you were. And because of it, um, because of your sinful nature. Oh, and by the way, the, the reason why people sin, Paul mentions it, is it's, it's because of our nature. You know, uh, nurture does definitely encourage it. Your environment will encourage it. I mean, but it's encouraging that nature to do what you do, you know, what you shouldn't be doing and thinking what you shouldn't be thinking. And so, and people try to escape, you know, temptations. And I think you need to avoid, I mean, there's certain things you got to avoid because you know that if I go there, I'm going to do this and that. Uh, but to be honest with you, um, the Bible is very clear that the reason why we sin is because it's in our nature. We're born with it. You know, and I always tell people, you don't have to teach little children to be selfish and, and greedy because it's already there, you know, that's so, true. And, and I want to add one thing to that, that mm -hmm. You know, even before, and the Bible talks about Paul, we talked about Paul and the Bible actually talks about in Galatians that God chose Paul before he was even born. So before he even had a chance to sin, he already chose him. So just keep that in mind as we move forward. Well, okay. Uh, this would be another good podcast because the things that God does before we're born. Okay. His involvement in our life before we are created. For example, you mentioned Paul. Well, there's, a, there's a Samson. Okay. Yeah. He had some issues. Okay. He liked, he liked to party. He liked to drink and he liked the women and, and one woman in particular. And, uh, 
But what's interesting, Samson's life is only four chapters long. And in the first uh, verse of Samson's life, God tells us Samson's purpose. And it says that he was born to deliver the Israelites from the Philistines. And then it goes into this horrible, dysfunctional, <laughs> disobedient <laughs> lifestyle of his. But in yeah. the end, he was the one that began when he pulled down the pillars, you know, he's blind, he was a slave and he was in prison, all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, he ended up pulled down the pillars and killed all these Philistine leaders, which crippled the Philistine army. And then the Israelites were eventually set free because of all that and conquered. Uh, but what I'm saying is, is that God has a plan for your life. And regardless right. of the sins you had, and even the sins you struggle with now, God's working in your life. And, uh, uh, right. well, God, I would, you know, in, in God's word, they went to the trouble to tell us about all of those pieces to Samson's life. Right. So wouldn't it have been a lot easier for them to just be like, well, you know, he, He'd have made a few bad choices, but then he ended up conquering. No, no, no. They no. wanted you to hear it all because it's key to his story. It's it key is. to the whole story to see he conquered in the end, right? And so yeah. it, it's it's all there. And, and our, our stuff is all there too. And that's why we shouldn't, again, rip the pages out. Well, you know, here's the thing. Okay, with Samson and his whole story. Okay, man, the, if you're not watching... I'll have to just draw it in your mind. If you could picture a highway with two lanes, okay, and you've got these guardrails on either side, both lanes go the same direction. It's a one-way highway, okay? You've got the dotted line down the middle, guardrails off to the side. Um, the guardrails represent God's sovereignty. He's not going to let you get outside this particular highway, Okay. But the two lanes, one lane is obedience and one lane is disobedience. Samson spent most of his life in the lane of disobedience, but Samson still fulfilled his God's purpose for his life, even in while disobeying God. So, you know, there is a significant lesson here. You can fulfill, you're going to fulfill God's purpose for your life. It's going to happen, but it's up to you whether you're going to do it in the lane of obedience or the lane of disobedience. And uh, I would encourage you to choose obedience because that's where the blessings are. <laughs> okay. True. And, yeah. It's not going to, it's not, it's not easy, but I want to tell you it, it's, it's a whole lot better, you know, and that's where God's blessings are. Anyway, that's another podcast for another day, but uh, uh, talk about God's sovereignty and, and in, especially in context of our past. And because obviously when we look at your past, God allowed things to happen. He allowed you to make mistakes. He allowed you to sin. He allowed you people to do things to you that they shouldn't have done and on and on it goes, but it doesn't mean God's unloving. doesn't mean he's uncaring. Uh, it just means that you were had, a sinful nature in you that caught, made bad decisions and the people around you had a sinful nature and they made bad decisions that impacted you as well. But God's grace always shows up as we're about to see. So verse four, Ephesians chapter two, verse four, and this is where it all changes. I love this transition in verse four, because he just talked about all the sin that's in our life and our past. And then he says, but God, okay. Those are two very important words, <laughs> but God is so rich in mercy Okay, mercy is withholding punishment we deserve. Grace is blessing us with something we don't deserve. All right, so when we're talking about mercy, yes, you did sin. Yes, you were disobedient. Yes, you got a past. 
but it, but God is rich in mercy. Okay. And he loved us so much while we were sinning. Okay. That even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace that you have been saved, rescued, transformed, redeemed, adopted, given a new heart, become a new creation. You've got a new future. Oh, no, it goes, okay? It's only by God's grace that you have been saved, for he raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ Jesus. So God can, now look at this, so God can point to us in all future ages as examples of the incredible wealth of his grace and kindness toward us as shown in all he has done for us who are united with him in Christ. Okay. What I just read, I don't fully understand, but it just blows me away. <laughs> okay. Because what I'm hearing God saying to us today is Jeff, I know that you did some horrible things and to yourself and to others and, you know, and others did some horrible things to you, but I want to tell you that my grace surpasses all of that. And you are going to be an example to, to others of my grace. I mean, I, I just, I, that blows me away. And I can, here's the deal. You and I cannot be examples of God's grace. If there is no sin, only time grace and mercy shows up is there has to be the presence of sin. And so once you realize, okay, sin is a part of my life. It was part of my life. I'm still struggling with it, but yet God's grace, God's mercy has entered in my life through Christ. And I have a new identity in him. Um, uh, that's where it all begins to change. You know, anyway, I, yes. I'm, a, I'm about to get on my soapbox here. It's a good soapbox because I see believers. They struggle so much with their past. I mean, I mean, it just keeps them down, man. Anyway. Yeah, all right, it, it does. It, you know, and one thing just to add to that, I mean, just it seems like, at least for me, and, and I don't know, I think once you fully can wrap your brain around how much sin that you really had, and regardless of what it was, but really just looking at that from the perspective of, of what that is and where you were headed and, and, and how much you've been forgiven for, I mean, I just, I feel like you just have this whole nother level of appreciation for the grace and mercy that's given to you. I mean, I just think it's, I don't know. I think, I think that once I finally wrapped my brain around what grace really was, that's when I fully realized what I could be in Christ and you know, who he really was. So I think that's a big, that's a big part of it. Yeah. Um, there is this, I'm kind of getting into one of the following questions here, but there is this aspect of believers have to be in the word because you're not going to learn who you are in Christ. And you're not really going to learn about God's grace and mercy and forgiveness outside of the word. I mean, you can see it if you're able to recognize it, but it is, there's a reason why God says, I, I want to renew your mind. You know, I have to change the way you think. 
you know, and I want to give you the mind of Christ. Uh, and because we have to change the way we think about God, about us, we have to change the way we think about our sin, we have to change the way we think about our past. Um, and begin to, re, you know, re, we have to redeem the time that we lost, that we gave over to the enemy. We have to redeem the time. And, and that's, and that's significant, by the way, that was, you know, it's up to you whether you waste that past or you redeem it. All right. Yeah. Because over, and I think it's first Corinthians chapter one or second Corinthians chapter one, uh, it, Paul is talking and he's talking to a worldly church, you know, but, and they've been through a lot. And he tells him, he says, look, the comfort you received from God, as you went through difficult times, you know, uh, pass that comfort on to others. So here's the thing. So like Kate and, and, and me, and if you're whoever's listening, there are things that you went through that you can redeem in order to bless others. And I think part of dealing with our past is, um, um, is learning how to use our past to help others get through their past. Does yes. that make sense? Yes. Yeah. 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 I mean, we're, we're all born with a very specific set of personality traits, connections, weaknesses, strengths, skills, and like, you know, because our flesh is pre-programmed to use these type of things for selfish reasons, all these things are going to be used for a totally different purpose. Once you, once you give your life to Christ and it, and that's the beauty of seeing this, you know, seeing you basically change hands on one hand, you're using it for your flesh. And then, and then the next you're using it for someone else. And that's when, that's the place you want to get to using it to further the kingdom, using it to let people know that they are not alone in their struggles. You know, it, it's, it's a really cool thing to watch when you see someone go from one hand to the other. It is. Um, you know, so um, another question that I, I wanted us to wrestle with was, you know, what does dealing with your past actually look like in real life? I mean, yeah, how I do, think, yeah, go ahead. I mean, I think quite simply, you can't really move forward until you stop looking back. And I think the moment I finally realized that when Christ died, he died for our past present and future sins and when you think about it he died before we were ever born so he covered it all before we ever had a chance to even do it so once I mold that over for for a little bit I realized wow like you know I didn't even do anything yet you know when he did this it was already finished before I even started okay so first of all that's kind of a, a crazy concept to wrap your brain around right but when I was living in sin and I'm still living, you know, I still have sins in my life. Okay. But when I was comfortably living in sin, I was trying to put a worldly explanation to a spiritual event. Okay. Our flesh can't understand grace. I mean, that's why the spirit has to reveal it to us in first Corinthians two, verse eight through 11 talks about that. Um, you know, our flesh says tit for tat or every action has an equal and opposite reaction. And salvation is just not something that makes sense to our flesh. Um, you know, it's, it's something that's so far out of this world that we can't even attempt to put our, our understanding on it. And I think that's a lot of the problem that people run into is that they, they just don't fully understand what grace means and what it looks like. Um, and, you know, once you truly believe that Jesus died, was buried, and on the third day rose from the grave so that your slate could be really actually wiped clean, not today, but forever, you have no idea what freedom is waiting for you after that realization that you have. 
And that realization brings on the Holy Spirit, which will bring on a changed life um, like mine. You know, once I finally realized what that meant and that I, I actually was completely forgiven, it's just, it just changes you, you know? And if, if you're not, if you're thinking it's somehow not complete or finished or, or you have to do something to be able to keep this going, then you're not believing in the, you're not understanding what grace means. You're not believing in them. That was my problem for years. I just, I didn't understand what that, that looks like. So, you know, dealing with your past oftentimes means understanding the solution for the sin in your life that you've, that you've had to go through. Okay. So, um, when we're talking about, you know, dealing with the sand, dealing with the stuff in the past there, you know, you don't forget the past. And there's these verses in the Bible that talk about fix your eyes on Jesus, you know, and press toward the goal ahead of you, you know, the prize ahead of you. And then like you have in, in uh, as you're talking about Proverbs 4, 25, it says, uh, look straight ahead and fix your eyes on what lies before you. Okay. Let's learn from the past. Understand that's under God's grace. And, um, and let's, let's move forward, you know, begin where you are and let's, you know, hit restart, whatever, whatever phrase you want to use there. And because again, in, you know, we are in Christ. I mean, that is, Okay, let me back up here for just a moment. You had said something that made me think about this word. You didn't use it, but you were talking about justification. Okay, now that's a that's a big theology word, but the Bible talks about being justified and and uh, because of the blood of Christ. And what that word means is you're able to stand before God as though you've never sinned. Okay, the, I I don't even know how that happens. I just know it's, it's, it's a blood of Christ thing. It's a forgiveness, but somehow when Christ died on that cross and resurrected from the grave and, you know, and he's now Lord and we place our faith in him, he takes our sin and he gives us his righteousness that justifies us. And we're able to stand before God again, as though we have never sinned. And that is a significant paradigm shift in our minds when we approach God. So we can now, as the Bible talks about, we can boldly go to the throne of grace. You know, we're not worthy in our own merit. We're worthy to approach the heavenly father because of Christ's merit, who we are in and who has given us his, you know, his righteousness. And so, uh, and there is some freedom in that. And, and I, I think a lot of believers just haven't, they, I mean, for me personally, as I begin to understand things like what salvation really is, okay. That past, present, future thing you were talking about, when I began to understand what justification is, you know, and, 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 and understand what grace is and mercy. And, uh, it took me a while to get there because when I first got saved, um, I adopted and received and just embraced the whole. Now I'm going to prove to everybody I'm oh, a yeah. yeah I'm a believer. So yeah. it, it became rules and list and yeah. uh, a lot of external stuff. I mean, on the inside, pff, I mean, I was still just you know doing whatever I wanted, but on the outside in the right places and in front of the right people, I was you know saying and doing the right stuff. Um, yeah, that was my understanding too for a long time. Um, you know, I. I wouldn't consider myself have been really truly believing 
you know, because I, I don't think I really knew what to believe in, you know, if that makes sense. I mean, being raised in church, you would think you would, you would know that. And I, I, it, it just wasn't, that wasn't my understanding. I mean, I, I, I spent a lot of nights thinking, oh gosh, you know, I better hurry up and ask for forgiveness for this one thing I just did. Otherwise I'm going to, if I die right now, I'm going to go straight to hell. You know, like, it's like this constant, like fear of not being right in the right standing because you, you didn't do something or you didn't, you know, it's just not a good place to be. It's just not a good place to be. No. Uh, okay. So, uh, I mean, it, it, it not only, I mean, I, what you just said, I could have just said just as much. I mean, it's like, Oh, I need, Oh I, Lord, I, I see. And I, I, you know, I forgive me. I don't want to die with that over my head, you know? And, um, but it got to the point where it was, there were times where if I failed, not failed, if I did bad on a test, <laughs> okay. And, or if I didn't have a good football game or whatever, I, didn't, I missed a block or whatever, or dropped a pass or something. Uh, in my mind, it was because of the sins I'd done earlier. You know, it wasn't because, oh, well, I should have studied more. I should have practiced more. I mean, it wasn't that. Yeah. It was more like, wow, okay, God's punishing me somehow right. in these little things, you know what I'm saying? Uh, or if a girl broke up with me, oh, great. It's because, you know, God doesn't like me. You know, it was, <laughs> I mean, it was, there were some weird thoughts going on, you know? Uh, uh, <laughs> no, I think, I think we all deal with that though. I mean, especially maybe it's just for, you know, new believers, maybe, maybe it takes some people longer than others to, to understand this. But again, our flesh is just, it is, it knows when little Johnny hits somebody, he's got to have this and this and this happen. You know, it's like, it, it's just like, we can't, we can't rationalize that in our flesh and get, yes, there's consequence for our sin, but that is the payment that Christ already paid. Right. You know, so, I mean, if you can wrap your brain around that, which is really hard to do, it's super simple, but if you can wrap your brain around it, then, you know, you'll realize that, oh, that has, that payment has already been made. You know, that punishment has already been taken, you know, so. <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, once you start discovering these truths, you start thinking about them, they, they start making sense to you and they're freeing and they're liberating for you. You know, it's like, why did I take so long to understand this? <laughs> you know, my life would have been so much better if I would have known this 10 years ago. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And yet my three-year-olds like, Oh, Jesus forgave me. You know, like, like a little kid, they get it. They're, you know, they're, that's it's just how we are, Jeff. I mean, well, we think, we think about it too much, I guess. We do. And the thing is we, okay. I say we, I overcomplicate God's grace and forgiveness and mercy all the time. And Jesus repeatedly says, come to me like a little child. Yeah. Keep it simple. Keep it simple. This is not complicated. <laughs> you know, my, my, my burden is light, you know, right. you know, yes. th this is not, this is, yes. this is not complicated. So, uh, all right. Let's, I, yeah, go ahead. The, yeah, that's exactly right. And if you feel like it's heavy, <laughs> you're there must be something wrong so right. that's how I always was like okay I must be not getting this because my burden is heavy so there's something wrong <laughs> a whole nother podcast for another day but exactly yeah uh the uh following Jesus was a burden for many years for me because the whole legalistic thing 
-hmm. And somewhere that whole, you know, my yoke is easy and my burden is light kind of thing. Um, you know, it, that didn't make sense to me, but when it did, it was like, Oh my word. Yeah. I, I have done this wrong, you know? Yeah. And, uh, anyways, all right, let me finish up with Ephesians two here and let's make some comments about it and then we'll, we'll wrap it up. Uh, all right. So the very end, all right. So uh, let me remind you about Ephesians two. All right. So Paul talks about our sin. This is your past. We all used to live that way. Then he gets into this whole, salvation by God's grace, you know, we're now in Christ, we're, uni we're united to Christ. And, and then he says in verse eight, God saved you by his grace when you believed, and you can't take credit for this. It is a gift for, uh, from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done. So none of us can boast about it. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us um, a new in Christ Jesus, so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. Okay. For those who struggle and feel guilty and condemned and ashamed of their past, I promise you, you do not feel like a masterpiece. And once you can get to the point and say, humbly, you know, even with all my weakness and with my past, God created a masterpiece and I am going to honor him and glorify him as his creation. And as this, this person, he has created a new in Christ Jesus. Okay. Because he's got some incredible things that he wants me to do uh, for his kingdom. Uh, that man, that's again, that's, that's another paradigm shift of mindset that I think believers really need to make to where they embrace this whole idea of, I am a masterpiece I and mean, humbly say that, you know, um, anyway, you thought any reaction to that verses eight, nine and 10 there? <sighs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's hard for people sometimes to truly believe that that's for them. Um, especially after going through things that, that are tough and going through things that the Bible clearly says are not okay. Um, it's, it's really hard to, to come to Christ after, after that. And, and to believe that you're a new creation. I mean, that, that takes more than just your own flesh. You're not going to be able to do that without, um, you know, the spirit of God telling you who you are. Um, and I would definitely encourage anyone that is thinking about going to church, but isn't because of, you know, maybe you think that people in church might be hypocritical or you might be thinking, oh, they're all perfect or whatever. I would assure you that that is not the case. And, and yes, you know what, there are people in church, all people in church are broken and, you know, salvation and this new life it's, it's for you. And, and it's not, you know, for anyone else to determine that for you, you know, you have to be able to get to the point where, where you want to come to Christ and ask him for help. Um, but I would, I would encourage you to come talk to somebody that you trust, um, listen to testimonies of other believers and, and, and try to come to that realization that that, that that is for you too. You know, I was thinking about, okay, 
you know, as we're wrapping this up, what would be my parting encouragement advice uh, to those who are struggling with the sins of their past, um, the damage that was done to them in their past, or even the stuff they're struggling with presently as a, if you're a believer, as a believer, in spite of your sins that you currently struggle with and the ones that, that you used to live in and in spite of your weakness and your brokenness and even lack of knowledge, uh, you are more significant than you think you are. You are more valuable than you think you are. And you are more useful than you think you are. And God has a plan for you. You are a masterpiece. And God did not create you by accident, regardless of how you came into existence. You are not an accident. God has a plan for your life. Ephesians chapter two clearly lays that out for us. And I want to encourage you to embrace that, embrace that new you who is in Christ. I know you don't understand that all, and you're not even sure what that looks like, but begin that journey. And, you know, like Kate was talking about, find a healthy church where you feel accepted in and you fit in. Uh, they're out there. There's one out there, you know, no matter where you live and get, get involved, get into the word and let God start talking to you and re retraining you how to think about your past and present and future and where you have the mind of Christ. And um, I'm convinced when you start doing that, you'll begin to experience the freedom and the liberty that you're really looking for. And it's always in Christ. It's, it's not anywhere else. It's, it's in him. And uh, that's the way he designed you. So anyway, that's um, that's my final thought on that. Kate, you got anything? It's a good thought. I mean, I, I appreciate you having me in here today. And I would just say to everyone, you know, I am more than happy to talk about my testimony with, with anyone. So please do not hesitate to reach out. Um, of course, I go to Genesis um, every Sunday. I'm there 10 a.m. at the YMCA. I'll plug you. I'll plug Genesis. But nice. there are so many good churches where there are other people that are more than willing to have these kind of open conversations with you. Um, and I would just encourage you to, to reach out if you have questions. Um, I'm probably going to record my, my full testimony at some point soon. So that way you can, can at least see mine. Um, but I just, I just hope you can take, I hope you can strip off the guilt and shame because that is not, um, that's not for you. That's not for you to carry. So, um, that's all I have. All right. Hey, uh, all right. So for those out there listening, man, Kate, I do appreciate you joining me today and I've enjoyed this. This has been helpful. It's been encouraging for me, you know, to be honest with you, I feel like a little bit more healing has taken place for me today. Um, you know, cause sometimes we need to be reminded of what we, what we forgot. And, um, right. and, and today has been good. All right. Well, until, for having me. yeah, glad to have you. Well, until next time, uh, uh, I don't know what the next podcast is going to be about, but I'm sure it'll be good. So until next time.